You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk, spell after the show. <laughs> um, can you use that in a sentence? Yes. After the show is the greatest podcast you will ever listen to. Is that from the root of the internet for pretentious? It's the square root of uh, a podcast. A F T E R space T H E space S H O W after the show. <laughs> yeah, there's no space. You don't have to say the words. We're not going to tell you what the before the after the show discussion was because it's quite boring to me. It's like you with your little problems over there with your computer. <laughs> I have no problems it. with my computer. I have problems with the... I can't help with the chair creaks. It just is get, what it is. I'm going to throw that chair out one no, day you're and you will, you'll not even notice. Um, oh, yeah, I will. It's the only good chair in the house. The program we used to record the podcast, Audacity. It wasn't just that. Your keyboard wasn't working. Your mouse wasn't working. I really like this software. Really good. boring it It's is. really cool. And um, I don't want to change to another one, but... Damn, does it give me problems. Only in Windows 8, though, if you notice. It was fine before you got Windows 8. It's actually worse in Windows 7. There was another issue that always occurred almost every week. It crashed, and then I had to recover it. Not every week. That's Not every week, but it was bad enough. It never crashes in Windows 8. I would say that you worried about it every week. It only happened a few times, but then you worried about it a lot. And it's never done that in Windows 8. It just won't open. In Windows 8? It will open until you reboot, and then it will open. And Does then, anyone else agree that this is boring? And then 50% of the time, it will open. So if anybody knows about Audacity and why, for some reason, it just won't open, and then one day it will open, then another day it won't, let me know. So, sorry for the old boring talk. <laughs> um, it is, this is after the show. Which Nothing is, I ever say is boring, so it's a shame that you have to contribute I, that. During your section later, I'll say every... <laughs> couple of seconds. I'm not saying you're boring. I'm saying that topic is boring. <laughs> um, you are riveting. So what's after the show? It's this this here thing that we're doing where a- we just F- watched a movie. T-E-R. We watched a movie, which was the show. This in the timeline of space and time continuum is after that. So this is after the show. And we discuss it and other things. You're married to me. I'm married to you. And that's it. Okay, so it's after the show number 334. This is Saturday, July the 5th. Happy Independence Day for yesterday, if you're American. Are, are we still independent, or is it only one day a year? Only yesterday. Why? Today, the best. That's the great illusion, isn't it? Everyone thinks they're free and independent every other day of the year, but it's only on that one day. And we celebrated it by watching Doomsday. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I like to celebrate my independence by not doing what everybody else does because I don't eat meat. I don't like barbecue. I don't like sitting outside. I don't particularly like parties. I don't like fireworks. I don't mind the big ta-da at the end where everything's up in the sky. But even that I can do without, and I did. I don't. The next year, that might appeal to me. This year, it did not. Well, and the reason we watched Doomsday is because I went into my... I have all my DVDs catalogued in my computer, and I went in and I put Independence Day. Because I wanted to see if I owned Independence Day, because maybe we would watch that. Yeah. And then it came up, and Doomsday also came up, and I went, hmm, Doomsday is more interesting than Independence Day. I'd rather watch that one. So we watched Doomsday. 
Which oh, is I a, like them both. Which is a Neil Marshall film about like Doomsday. Doomsday, yeah, it's cool. So um, it's a sort of post zombie virus type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Virus. No, it wasn't zombies at all. It's just a virus, movie. deadly yeah. virus, yeah. deadly virus movie. Uh, so this is Saturday, July the fifth. The movie we're looking at this week is Bad Words. It's a 2014 movie. It'll be released this upcoming Tuesday on the eighth of July. You can pick it up then. It's rated R. And it's from our friends at Universal. And you, Sid Talk, are going to give us a synopsis of Bad Words. It is the story of a grown man who wants to accomplish something that has nothing to do with spelling by winning the National Spelling Bee. In which, or at which, or in, or whatever, he um, is sort of pushing the rules. Sort of throwing everybody off balance. He has a motive we don't know about. And as the story goes, it unravels and we get to see. It's kind of like about why somebody turns out to be an asshole. And maybe how they can make themselves feel better about life. True. So, it is... It's a revenge tale! It's Jason Bateman's uh, directorial debut. um, And it's hit... I would say it's the type of movie he normally does. uh, Yeah. Or stars in. It's, um, a, you know, a comedy, a snarky comedy at that, because that's the kind of thing he does. Um, now, personally, with Jason Bateman, I really like him, but I think, I was thinking about this earlier, if I was at school and he was a kid at school, he would be the kid I really hate, the snarky, cool kid, kind of, who's snarky as, like, you just... You can't take it anymore. Like, he's snarky to everybody. What did you say? Snarky? Was that the... <laughs> so in... in um... Do you mean sarcastic? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean snarky. Actually. Yeah, that's sarcasm that can get on your last fucking nerve. I can tell you that. Sarcasm runs real thin with me. He seems like a... He seemed like he would be the type of kid I would have hated at school. And... like Why the... exactly? I don't know. There's something about him. It's the way he You is. mean the character? No, him, Jason Bateman, oh, really? when I hear him talk. Yeah, like oh, he's on Howard. Okay. And um, he comes across, like, I, I, you have to... Too cool for school. You have to kind of filter it because he's an older guy now. And, you know, obviously he's not... But I, I was trying to picture back to what he would be like as a kid. And I think he would have been a cruel, kind of... Mm. Cruel-humoured kid, which would probably upset many people. Like, make a joke to a dude sitting next to him about his fat ass, and then go, Oh, dude, I'm just kidding, just kidding. That kind of guy, yeah. And then wink at all the cool kids who laughed at him to begin with. So he's, like, trying to skirt the line of cool, but... uh, Yeah. But one of the lads, and, you know, hilarious, because he makes fun of people. That kind of guy. Now... This isn't... This is sort of a scathing review of the This isn't a review of Jason Bateman. (laughs) So, uh, but I, I actually quite like his stuff. I, I've liked him in everything I've seen. I think he's really intelligent. Like, I've seen lots of interviews with him. Um, I think he's, he knows what's funny. And. In a formulaic kind of way? Yeah, he really does the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you kind of know what you're going to get when you watch one of his movies, don't you? You know, from. He doesn't write them, though. No, he doesn't, but he chooses projects that are his thing. Yeah. Like, he must read scripts and go, oh, yeah. Was he in Horrible Bosses? I don't remember. He was in Extract. Right, yeah, because Horrible Bosses, uh, I can't remember if he was in it or not, but that seems like the kind of movie, you know, something that's... He's in Juno. 
So we had that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, this one. sarcastic, bad, but he seemed, I don't know. Bad words is funny because uh, I really understand the concept of a spelling bee. I've never, it's not something I ever the encountered. Concept? In school in England, we never, I never was involved in one or even knew what, yeah, I understand what it is. What I'm saying is I don't understand how it operates or anything. But then what's funny about this is I turned on, I was putting an antenna on the TV, like, so we could see like the HD channels locally and PBS came up and there was a spelling bee on while I was doing it. And I was like, this was a while back. Yeah. So I, you know, I was uh, watching it. And watching these kids, like, spell words that I didn't even know how to spell. Like, I was like, wow. Of course not. Um, so I now I, I understood it from just from that, like, 15 minutes of watching this spelling bee on TV. So this, this wouldn't have made as much sense to me, how important it is and, like, how prestigious it is if you win it, you know? So this movie's about a spelling bee. And it's not like a little piddly spelling bee. It's like the ultimate spelling bee, right? Well, the champion. That's why you. It's just like any other sport. Yeah, you get knocked. You get to the end of the World Cup. You get to the. This is the end of. It's like, the nationals. Yeah, nationals. You win. Be. How much do you win? Fifty thousand. On this one, yeah. So, it's an important spelling bee. It's not just like going to school and competing against a few more people in your school. It's like competing against all the other schools. Um, and he's obviously a man, and men can't be in a but spelling bee because he knows. They the can rules. because he finds a loophole in the rules to enable him to be It's not loophole even. It's just the rules. It doesn't exclude him. That's I'm sure what all the people on. who do spelling bees after seeing this movie go, holy <laughs> shit, we better have a look at Your it. Your age must be between so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Yeah. So... Why not an adult spelling bee? I mean, yeah, why not all adults together? Yeah. Yeah. Or kids against adults. Because I bet the kids would win half the time. That's kind of like Are Smarter Than Fifth Grader. That is. is an actual game show called that. Yeah. So... So... I found this movie, um, I liked it as a comedy, but I preferred it as a drama. I It's both things. It's a comedy and a drama, I think. And the comedy part of it um, was okay. I didn't think it was entirely funny the entire time. Like, some of the jokes to me didn't really work. For example... Well, there's a lot of jokes in it. I couldn't name them offhand. Um, I mean, like the montage of the kid and him. Is that funny to you? or is it It's not really funny, but I understand its need in the movie. Like, you know, to see like it playing out. But it isn't the funny. The relationship. Not... I don't think it's funny either. No. Um, it's like trying too hard to be funny. And cool. To make snarky people like the writer and him laugh because they think that shit's funny. And like, let's play the Beastie Boys in the background. It's, it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to be really cool and slow motion and, you know. I mean, that was obvious. He was trying to take the piss out yeah. of the slow motion Out thing. of, like, something like The Hangover or where they have a montage of them doing crazy shit. Like, the, the original Hangover. It, they didn't invent that. That's but it's almost clear. like he was... He was directly referencing that because of the way it was done with the Beastie Boys over the top. You know, it was a homage to that or a piss take of that. I don't know. Homage, probably, because that's like one of the biggest comedies ever, right? I know. If it. you were making a comedy, you'd be a spy. Well, not that you've seen that it, the money it made. So you might aspire to be something like that. And that's a snarky. You know, Jason Bateman could well be in that movie. He's not, but it's his type of movie. So, but the actual drama element of this, I wanted to compare it to another movie I've seen that's a similar type of movie, and it's called Cedar Rapids. Mm -hmm. 
And it features wacky oddball comedy, but then it also has like a heart to it, which is... That's a good recommendation, actually. Which is the part that I liked more about Cedar Rapids. I found half of the comedy misfired for me. I was like, oh, okay, that's not that funny. But the actual story of the people I really liked... Also, $5 a day. That one just came to my mind. You know, the guy going I think that one kind of worked on both levels. I think that was funny as well. That's what I'm saying. It's comedy, but if you pull back a little, uh, obviously, then it's got a really deeper thing going on. So in this one, Bad Words, where I liked it, I also would have liked it if it didn't go overboard with that comedy. Like, I think it might have been more, I think the heart of it. You mean like the underwear bit and the period bit? Yeah, it's, it's just the, the it's bits that are funny. like mean and cruel. Exactly. It's not and funny. I, and I mean, I'm not against that. I'm not a prude or anything. I, I understand it's edgy, raunchy humor. And they're trying to like push to the edge to make people go, oh my God, like what's happening? Like this is, this is, they can't do this with kids. I get why this, why it's supposed to be funny. But to me, and I'm no, I'm not a prude. I, if I found it funny, I'd say it was funny, but it wasn't handled that well like it just wasn't it didn't make me it I just, they were handled I understood that he was tr- supposed to be cruel Jason Bateman's supposed to be cruel in this movie and that's the idea you're supposed to get it's the anti-hero you're supposed to not like him not like him not like him and then turn around on him towards the conclusion of the movie I don't I found I didn't really turn around on him I don't think you are supposed to. That's not my vibe. You're supposed to see a person who's got a shitty attitude because of what he's holding on to in his mind. And as he goes through this one thing that he's plotted and planned about, he's not any different. He's just accomplished that thing. That doesn't, it doesn't lift the weight of, it lifts the weight of that one thing off of him. But his behavior is going to be the same. It doesn't change who he is. Whereas a lot of stories try to, that, like, you know, yeah, they have a life You've healed him thing. up. You've, you know, erased all the bad stuff. For this, to me, it was just, okay, I got that off my chest. Now I can go back to being an asshole again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think there wasn't, a, it wasn't a traditional anti-hero turns into hero-hero kind of thing. But what I think he did well in the movie as a director and as, you know, he didn't write this, another guy wrote it, right? But what I think they did well was the drama part, the drama the focus of the movie, the heart of it, so to speak, I think I felt it. Like, it, it felt like some meaningful yarn, you know? I'm not sure which... What do you mean exactly? His actual... Yeah, his, goal? his journey and what he was trying to do and why... And the motivation behind him being an asshole and... See, the, I thought that was really flimsy. Like, extremely flimsy, and I was slightly disappointed with what the actual thing was. Because, oh, that. And I liked that it wasn't <laughs> it was such like, a big oh deal. oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but it was totally, like, expected. It was obvious that that was the thing. Instantly. And I was like, oh, I was really hoping that wouldn't be it. And then it is. And it's like, See, and I didn't and? know. I, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't guess it or anything. The what instant it was. he said, I didn't have a... And then we see the the old. I was like, "Oh right, right." All right, see, I didn't. It didn't. I didn't twig it at all. So I liked. I liked it as a. You know, it was surprising to me, and then interesting at the same time. Um, but then, I mean that that particular yarn, as you say, it's just come on. I also feel like 
as far as the comedy side of this movie goes, it they there was during the spelling bee segments where they were doing the spelling. Yes, there was some little jokes peppered in, in mostly cruel kind of humor. Mm-hmm. I felt like it could have been funnier during those moments. Like there was moments where they were just showing you them doing the spelling, and there wasn't really much to it aside from here's a kid. Oh. He spelled it wrong. Here's another kid who's spelling it right. And no, here's... but they're just telling that part of the story. Yeah, I get that. But uh, what I'm saying is they they were they could have been filled in. They could have put more jokes in those sections. There's part this partially or parts of those sections that contain no jokes, which is good. I think I don't want to laugh a second. No, I don't mean a laugh a second like airplane. I mean <laughs> like actually, there could have been more snackiness or whatever he built into the script there. In those areas. That would get really old, though. Imagine every two minutes or every minute having him say something shitty. I just thought there was parts of it where, yeah, I know know that some kids are going to get it wrong, some kids are going to get it right, and then Jason Bateman's going to always get it right. I know that by now, but then they kept doing it. And I was like... I don't get that at all. Why aren't they doing a joke in these sections? Because I know what's happening now, because you've done it once or twice. You know? Mm -hmm. So those parts. I was hoping for less jokes, so I thought it was perfect. I got got tired of the snotty remarks, and that's the that's where I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not up for snotty remarks all the time, but I thought there were sections of it where it was redundant almost. It's like, oh, we know what's happening, but there's no jokes anyway. um, Well, not anyway. I mean, that's interesting because I don't, I don't know how you would. What's your remedy for that then? To incorporate some more jokes in those sections or trim those sections. You know? But I felt like it was a telling. You're telling a story of a of spelling bee, so you have to see how it works. Not everyone does know how it works. Yeah, but you saw it more than once. That was my point. Like they they actually sh- showed it more than once. Yes, there was a joke in the second section of it, and then the third section there was another joke. There was one with the pants, and there was one with the yeah, and that was plenty. I didn't want any right. more jokes. I wanted to see the spelling bee. I wanted to see the little the moments of the kids and give. And them- that's why I say at the beginning of this review that. I feel that this movie might work better without the comedy in it. Like, if you took the comedy out of this movie, it would still work as a, a story. Didn't I? It doesn't mm. even... I disagree with that, but... Like, if you took that montage of him messing with the kid out... Not messing with the kid. <laughs> messing about with the kid. You know, going out on the rampage with a kid. If you took that out, it wouldn't make it any less funny. Uh, I think it would... I think it's important to the story of him's relationship with the kids. I might have so, handled yeah. it a little personally. Yeah, I would have handled it sure. differently. I would have. But had... you can't just take it out. No, but personally, I would have handled it differently. I wouldn't have had that. I would have more had like Jason Bateman goes to the kids' room and they just have some fun in the room, adult slash kid humor, like like the way a kid deals with an adult and the way an adult deals with a kid. Instead of going out on the, I mean, this movie gets a bit. Crazy, right? Right, and that's the idea. Is that he has no concept of how to raise or deal with a child. Because his perception is he had no one raising yeah. him appropriately. So he knows what he's doing is inappropriate. Yeah, he and knows, yet he yeah. wants to be the character guy who does this inappropriate shit. While with a heart giving this kid maybe a moment in time. When forever, even after this moment, he's going to be under so much pressure from his parents to be perfect. 
that this night is going to stand out for him. I, I don't think that's think we, vital. I don't think we made uh, it clear. It, he, Jason Bateman's in this movie, and then he makes friend with a child. Like, because obviously it's a child spelling bee. He oh, the child makes friends with him. He doesn't want to make friends. With, yeah, he ends up as a friend of the of a child who's what ten ten years old, and adult stuff gets meant. You know, adult stuff and kid. The adult world and the kid world kind of crisscross a little bit, a lot. Yeah. More, yeah, both actually, because the kid brings kid stuff and he mm-hmm. brings the, all the adult stuff. So that's where the hilarity ensues. But for me, it's the, you know, the moments of the story I liked. I liked the moments of him with the woman. Mm-hmm. The, their relationship was interesting to me, how weird it was, you know, the reporter lady. Um, and the actual heart and soul of the movie I really liked. So, um, but I'm not. Side split, you know, my ribs aren't tickling watching this movie. I'm not like, oh my god, this is like the funniest thing ever, you know? Were you? <laughs> I mean, I laughed, but it was mostly uncomfortable humor. And the yeah, very subtle kind of moments of when the kid is just really funny. I think the kid was funnier than Jason Bateman. Reaction, true kid reaction to an adult who kids understand, whether we like it or not. They're not all adults are like, oh, come on, honey, get your get your jacket and let's go. Oh, come on, honey, eat your breakfast and let's go. There isn't this, all grown-ups aren't like perfect, you know, happy, happy, treat me like I'm a delicate little thing. Some grown-ups are just grown-ups. That's your perception of a real grown-up. Is like they cuss and they swear and they drink and they say bad things Hopefully to you. Hopefully at 10 feel- years old you don't... You- you're not tainted like that? Maybe? I don't think I was. I think kids understand that there's a difference and that his reaction to this guy is more like, yeah, 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 whatever. You want to be the the snotty grown-up, but let's cut to the chase. You just want to be my friend. You know what I mean? I like Those are the moments I've I actually think that the kid was funnier than Jason Bateman. And obvious, oh, totally. Obviously, the, because the kid, you know, some stuff comes out of the kid's mouth that shouldn't come out of a kid's mouth. That's always funny to me in a way, like, and I always think, how, how are they handled on the set when they're doing things like that? Like, you know, like, we're going to ask you to say cocksucker to the kid. Like, how do we handle it? It's worse than cocksucker, what he says. Yeah. Yeah, And it's really funny, though. (laughs) It's not really funny. It's like, oh, to me, it's not really funny. Those are the moments I found really funny, because, like... Yeah, but that's like cheap lit for comedy. How can you find that? Well, maybe I like the cheap. I think you do. Yeah. It's not funny. It's more like, oh, God, would I even allow a child in my life to be on a movie set just because he's on a movie in Hollywood and getting paid to say things that I would not approve of? No. I'm really interested. am I the kind of person who, because we like the money and because he's an actor, we'll just go ahead and do it? I'm very interested to hear the commentary. he's actually only eight. He's not ten. Right. The commentary for this movie with Jason Bateman on the Blu-ray. I'm very interested to hear, because he's obviously going to talk about is how the kid was, um, you know, treated on the set or how they dealt with him, like, to get him to, you know, did... I don't know. I don't understand how... It has to be a very mature kid who yep. understands it all anyway, like, or it has to be a kid who... Or you sit him down and say, okay. We're going to There's say There's some really things. bad words. I'm going to tell you them. You already know they're bad. Kids know the bad words. You know what this movie's And I'm going to explain to you what it is and why why it's really weird and awkward for you to say it. And I'm going to have you say it, 
but don't say it any time <laughs> until you're grown up. Don't say, you know, and you have to have a kid who's kind of like, okay. But then, you know, it's it's there. You can't unplant a seed, really, you know. Or do you advertise, do you have a child who swears all the time? <laughs> yeah. We need do you have a you. badly behaved child? <laughs> Bring this, that bring that skill to the set. And this child seemed didn't seem like a bad. I mean, he I could be, but he seemed a very nice child. So uh, let's move on to the cast. Jason Bateman also stars as well as directs as Guy Trilby. I mean, it's Jason Bateman, right? It's not anything true. And if you think about it, at one point there's an explanation of something, and in there there's a sentence. It's just words. Yeah. And I think that's part of the overriding theme, too, that having a child say these words, having a grown-up say them to the child, they're just words. You decide what they mean. They don't mean anything unless you decide it's inappropriate or it's, you know, bothersome. And I think that and that was near the end, so you kind of like, oh, well, true. It is just words. Jason Bateman is in Horrible Bosses. I can I just pictured him in it. He is like, isn't he? Right. Star. Yeah. So, um, he put, you know. Is he it, the main guy? Yeah, it's a Jason Bateman performance. This, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect. Well, for me, it's a little. I think he's a little different. Definitely different than normal. He's got a a little more. You can feel the cynicism. Like I'm, you probably know, and I know. I can think of two people I know who are this kind of grizzled inside. There's no joy. There's no joking around. There is some joy. I know, but not in him when we meet him. He is a cynical prick. He is the one who's, like, rude to people. He doesn't get the door if someone's there. He's not going to say, excuse me, if he runs into you on the street. He's just that guy because he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. And I think he did that really well. And then as you go on, he's getting kind of somebody's behind him uncranking the cynicism, and it kind of goes down and down and down. And I think it never that, goes away. Though. No, no, no. So, Not um, fully. Catherine Hahn. Except when he, um, you, did you notice at the end? Oh, yeah, when he held, yeah. Yeah, like it, like <laughs> I was it, like, see, there's yeah, it. He and does she's care. Like, <laughs> he cares. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catherine Hahn plays a reporter who's following him around. I like her. Called Jenny Widgeon. Yeah, she, she um, you know. It's clear they've made a deal that she's she wants to be the person who, when the shit hits the fan and this goes national, Let's write that she's the story. reporter yeah. who's been with him for the whole thing. Because he has to go through all the different tournaments. So she's been following him. She pays all his expenses. Yeah. And she works for a website that's a news outlet. Yeah. And their relationship is both things. Like a weird personal relationship and this thing of her. And him, I don't give a shit about you. Like, whatever. But does he? Yeah. (laughs) But it is interesting, and there's some funny scenes involving them. In fact, the scenes involving them were kind of my favorite scenes. Yeah, definitely. uh, Airplane was really good. And then Philip Baker Hall plays Dr. Bowman. I'm Philip Baker Hall fan. He's one of Paul Thomas Anderson's actors. Um, I'm not sure I understand why you'd be a fan, because he's exactly the same in every single movie, to me. He's kind of. he's mumbly a little bit. I never saw him when he was super young, so I don't know. He's more mumbly in this movie, and I feel like he's unwell. I feel like I feel watching him, and I've watched him throughout his career. You know, like he was crumbling or something. Like like he might have had a stroke or something. I was thinking because his voice actually sounds different than what it what it did last time I heard him. 
And he's definitely got a slur to his speech. Yeah, I don't think it's stroke-related. It's, it's something. There's some health-related issue. Yeah. Because he just sounds different. But he's, he also behaves the same as every character people give him is the same. He does. So I don't see how you can give credit for that. I could just give credit for... He's not a character actor. His fantastic performance in um, Magnolia, obviously. And it's brilliant, that performance in Magnolia. But he's the same. And Hard Eight as well. I think th- I think he's fantastic in that too. He's troubled, and he's grizzled inside. And he's he- also fantastic in Boogie Nights. What do you mean by fantastic? It's just, I just, I think he's really masterful in his performance, especially Magnolia. Wow. I don't get it because he's always the same. So what's masterful about that? To me. Well. It's not exactly the same in those three movies. He says lines with a certain yeah, well, amount of older, aging person in a position of... Well, all right, then. Saying. He's masterful at doing that dude. <laughs> and it's not always the same. It's not the same dude in everything. There's definitely nuances to him. But, um... In I mean, Magnolia, in Magnolia, he has to do the two faces of a man. So that's interesting. He has to be the... On air celebrity. Yep. And, the, and then the behind the scenes. Well, three actually. There's the dark, dark side. Then there's the middle one with the wife. And then there's the on air type. So there I can give him credit for the three different parts of that one character. Everything else is always the middle guy. I didn't, uh, I'm not saying that he's amazing in this you movie. You just say he's masterful. No, in this movie. Okay. Bad words. I'm, in Bad Words, I think he was okay. And I think it was a good casting choice for that guy. It fit. He looks like a guy who'd been at a spelling bee for... I feel like it wasn't X right. amount of years. He no. didn't have the impact of someone who actually feels like he's in charge of something. No, it seemed really right to me. It's because you like him before you got started. But... And mine's true the other way. He didn't have a lot to do in the movie, to be honest. It was pretty... Very, it's almost like he might have only been on the set like the two days or something. It's a very <laughs> small amount of work to do, but I like him. Can't say that he's good at having the look of being troubled on his face, but I think that's that's just the way he is it's as a person. Old now. It's like eighty eighty-two. You said yeah. yeah. Uh, and the child actor Rohan Rohan Chand plays Chatiana Chopra. Um. And he's fantastic. I, I, I admire child actors. Um, I often hope, you know, when it's their first performance like this, I always hope, oh, they don't get typecast into this. Just like, Cutie oh, let's, little thing. let's have another kid. You know, when when another act- director's looking for a kid who might swear or be a bit raucous, let's just get this kid again. I always hope that doesn't happen and they go on to do other things like that are more appropriate for them. But I think it worked in this He's only eight. He's and he's lot. really cute. <laughs> he's like, got a lot of time. And he, he's very genuine when he delivers lines, I think. like Almost like he's sort of looking at the grown-up like, oh, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't like that I'm funny? Like, I'm much cleverer than yeah, you. Yeah, what, you go ahead and say your little lines. And he, he'd look at Jason Bateman sometimes just with this, like, wondrous... They obviously had a good relationship together, like, because it really worked. You'd have to be trustful of your child with that person anyway, so you'd want it to be a whole thing, I think. Yeah. These days. So 50 I've... years ago, nobody gave a shit. You came on the stage, you kept your mouth shut, you did what you were told. I think this is my impression of how it was child to be a actor. child actor. And there's probably some like that still, unfortunately. Um, 
<laughs> like you think of Disney shows with kids all wrangled in the back with like gatekeepers and be like, shut up, everybody. I mean, Gary Coleman mentioned that quite a lot about how he was treated yeah. for different shows. It was literally like, hello, you're doing the work now. Stop being a child and yeah, messing yeah. around. Like it's time to do this. And you'll do this for eight hours without having your kids side show, like only on the camera, like, which is harsh, I think, for a kid to be growing up that way. Um, so this is directed by Jason Bateman, who also directed, directed Arrested Development, some of it. Um, he hasn't directed anything else aside from that. But I think he did a good job. But there, again, it's just kind of functional, this movie, is, as far as it's the way it is filmed and put together. It's, it's got, I mean, like you said, it fits in the vibe of what I'm recommending, which, you know, both of mine and like uh, young adults and yeah, things like, like that where it's functional and then they do a, a, a little Rapids. moment, yeah, a little tiny moment of the slow motion or the kind of weird montage and then back to the functional. One thing I liked about the visual style of this movie... But you wouldn't want anything else. ...is the real world... They'd use like a filter. It was like all kind of brown, like like scholarly. I kind of um, think of that. So they'd like altered the movie, and it is interesting in this movie because it has a visual look. So it's a visual look. So it's uh, like a brownish kind of to- tone, everything. And then when they when you see it through, because it's a spelling bee, sometimes you see it through the cameras of the uh, actual broadcast. And it looks completely different. Like, it looks like it, something looks on television. It's all colourful and brighter. I didn't notice any of that. Yeah, it, it, it did it quite a lot. And it was, like, very clear that this scene here is in the real world and this scene's coming from in the camera, like, you know? And they even did it in... There's a it's really delete- obvious, but I didn't pick up on that at all. There's a deleted scene where um, there's a lady who's stood giving a speech to the press... And it, it shows you it from the, and it's all brown tinged, like they've added a filter, and then it shows you through the high def camera looking at her from the broadcast, and it's completely different. So it gives you this feel of like, oh, this part's on TV, this part isn't, you know? I have no concept of that, so I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, it's pretty. I always look for visual stuff and tricks, and, you know, I, I like the cinematographer's job. If I was going to work in a film, I would like to be that guy who likes how it looks, you know? Or like, let's make this bit blue, or let's, you know. I I kind of look for that stuff because I like it. So, um, extras, there aren't very many. There's a, there's a commentary by Jason Bateman, and there's a making of. Did you like the making of? It was... Brief, but fun, fine. I didn't need any extras for this movie, to be honest. I understood that it would have been written by somebody quite smart-assy. And then we got a little glimpse of him, obviously clear. He thinks he has no boundaries. And I know one person, one person, who has that, they will say something completely inappropriate for everyone else and laugh at your uncomfortableness because they say, okay, I can say whatever I fucking want to say. You know, like, and I think it's hilarious. I know somebody like that. I don't know him. In comedy. Ricky Gervais. (laughs) Right. He he gets his humor from saying something and then. And knowing that you're going to recoil or cover your mouth or whatever. And. And then it also had like some deleted scenes. They weren't necessarily. No, no. Anything. No. Major. In fact, they weren't. They were. It was obviously deleted scenes for a reason. 
Um, so, in conclusion, what's your... Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it's good. It kind of kind of wakes up a little bit of something in you. You know, the whole... You know, but then again, every step that the that Hollywood or filmmakers want to take to push things a little further means you've just pushed it that much further. And that, as we have said in the past, these sort of like adult, smart-assy comedy just constantly being sarcastic, it's getting worse and worse because we kind of cross that barrier with, you know, what What would have been the start of it? I don't know. Like, um, Knocked Up and things like that, yeah. where you just sort of like, oh, right, well, we don't want... We want to be able to say whatever we want. 40-year-old virgin's probably the beginning yes, of it, Yes, right? and give people that, oh, and then we got over that, and that's like nothing. Let's just keep going, keep going. Then at a certain point, you are innocuous. To, like, it's yeah, I do believe nothing. Because at the beginning, it was, at the the beginning it was like... Holy crap! I've never seen anything like this. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm actually enjoying this. And then eventually, you were like, "It's not enjoyable what, because what it's can shock me now? Like I've seen." Yeah, and it's the same with anything. So you have to find a good something balance. about Mary might have been the beginning. That's that super. They've probably been around forever, and then we just have but you know where latched it, onto where it. something about Mary like took it over the. E- uh-huh. It's, it's slightly over the edge. It's like holy crap! What's happening here? Like I've never seen this in a movie. Or the. Mm-hmm. It's, ah, really? Like, they went that far and you actually see it? It's crazy. Yeah, True. I reckon they might have started it. Farrelly Brothers. No, no, I mean, this new age. Farrelly Brothers, maybe. Yeah. 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 And then, now, if you did that, it would be like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, well, or it could just be now, like, well, that's just gross. It's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not funny yeah, anymore. Yeah, probably. So, I don't see the cleverness in it. Um, but if you're looking for, if you think it's funny to see a kid say bad words... Then the word, the movie itself, the concept is they're just words. And I think there's an interesting drama story yeah. folded in the middle of it. I don't all. find it that interesting, but whatever. <laughs> I did. I know you do. But it's in there. So there's a bit of some, there's a bit of something for a drama lover or a And it's well person. told in that while some things are expected and you're kind of worn out by the comedy at some point, the way that they have the characters resolve each thing is actually a little bit new. You know? Every yeah. single person... It's not predictable. No, correct. Then, yeah. The thing is, to me... Right. But then, you don't get the standard formulaic sort of wrap-up, 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 wrap-up. And that, that kind of goes for most of the last part of the movie. So, that I really like. So, and it's just, it's just kind of funny. I mean, one of your recommendations, if you want to watch these together... <laughs> So that is you have a, a night of sarcastic jerks. True. So that's bad words, uh, and it comes out this week on Blu-ray. Actually, imagine watching all four of those plus this one. True. <laughs> In one day. So, uh, yeah, it comes out next week. Thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be The Book Thief. We will look at that next week. Movie recommendations, as Sitar was just saying, I am going with, and I was on the theme of bad, movies with bad people or bad things. Bad I was going to go for very bad things at first, but then I was like, yeah, that that's a long time ago. Yeah. And that was at the beginning of crossing the line on things. Like, you know, show a little bit too Particular, much sex. Mostly the like, end. Yeah. The end is more like where you're just like, no, 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 And that no, was a long no. time ago. It was? Um, so I am going with Bad Santa is my first one. And that was, you know, when Bad Santa came out, there was nothing like that. 
and it was like a true like not true because bad news bears was in the 70s and it was like that a grown-up who was inappropriate to be around children right well nothing in my recent memory when that came out (laughs) where i was like wow this is really like unique i've not you know, Billy Bob Thornton's character is like unredeemably deplorably bad. awful. Like it's it's he's funny because I mean it's funny in in a way that this guy's funny, but it's also holy crap they did that. It's insane. Like so, Bad Santa's my first one, and my second one is a really new one that came out recently. Is Bad Grandpa, which is Johnny Knoxville's last movie. And that is very similar in a way to this movie because it's Johnny Knoxville and a, as dressed as an old man though in this movie with a child actor. And most of the funny moments of the movie come from inappropriate use of a child, I would say. Similar but, to this movie. Why is he even just saying it doesn't sound funny? No, but it's the same as this movie. <laughs> it like, sounds like it's the f- because the child in the in bad. So what we're trying to say overall is these people decided children are no longer precious. They're not precious. They need to be exposed to our cynical, smart-assy, grown-up things. Apparently, that's and what they'll just saying. get over it. But great, bad grandpa, I, and you didn't watch it. I watched it because I'm a jackass <laughs> fan. Yeah, and I found it very funny and quite inventive. And I always liked that character that Johnny Knoxville did, where he dresses as an old man because. What I used to like about it when he did it before in Jackass was nobody's going to buy that. It's an old man. It looks shit. It looks really bad. And, you know, people kind of looked at him sometimes and figured it out. In the in this movie by Grandpa, the makeup, and it even got nominated for an Oscar for the makeup. And I said to you, whenever you see old man makeup or somebody trying to look like an old man, it's shit. It always, we can always mm-hmm. look at it. Like when we see Anton Deck trying to be old man. Yep. And we look at it and we go, oh God, that's terrible. In... Bad Grandpa, the makeup is, even under close scrutiny, like standing right next to him, you wouldn't guess it. That's how good it was. So it actually made the movie work. And what Bad Grandpa is, it's a story. It's a, it's a very simple story of like, there's an old dude, his wife dies, they've got to get his wife from one place to another to bury her, because she wanted to be buried in a particular place. So he takes this road trip across the country with his nephew. Grandson. Grandson. Bad Grandpa. Grandson, sorry. <laughs> And, or to be um, bad uncle. <laughs> and the way that movie is set up by Grandpa is it's real life jackass type scenarios. They, it's not scripted stuff. It's like we go in a store as as grandson and grandfather, and whatever happens. If happens. people have seen that jackass, they'll know. Yeah. It is. So, and I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Um, and it is very. It's like a unscripted version of this movie. So they're my recommendations. Yours are? Mine are Office Space, because, just because, I get the vibe, but it's funnier to me, and it doesn't have the the kind of deeper, snarky, as you call it, stuff. It's just more of an office working kind of snarkiness. And Extract, because Jason Bates, it's not great. It is not, it's quite it's, good. It is, but it isn't really when you think about it. It's just that I like Jason Bateman, and I kind of like the concept, but it wasn't, didn't all come together. What's the thread that linked your two together? Like, the thread in mine is they both got bad in them. What links yours together? Nothing. Well, they're directed by the same people. Directed by Mike Judge. Right. So, um... I know stuff. 
True. <laughs> so thanks for challenging me. That's our recommendations for this week: games and a scully stuff. Um, I've been playing more of Grid Auto Auto Sport. I talked about it last week. I think it's really good. I really like the online portion of it. I've started doing some online races. They do something really unique with the online. Um, if you ever play a racing game online, one of the big problems with racing online is everybody's a dickhead who you play against. So when it comes to a corner, they will do anything possible to make sure you don't get around the corner, and they do. Which, Sounds great. Which actually saps the fun from a racing game, because in real life, if you was racing people, they're not going to knock you off. It's not a demolition derby. They're going to <laughs> give you line around the corner. If you're in front, they let you go around, and eventually they'll try and pass you. In racing games, generally online, everybody's a dickhead. They just ram into you, maybe spin you out, and then they win, right? In this game, Grid Autosport, the way they've actually got rid of that is the car that you own has like one, not to 100% damage. And any damage that gets done to your car, you have to pay for, right? So, number one, that stops people ramming into you because they have to pay money, which is quite hard to get in the game to repair the car. So they don't want to hit anything because they don't want to pay the money. They want to buy new cars instead. And another thing is, you have this little rating, and it's right above your car. It's a little circle with an exclamation mark in it. Now, if you're a good racer, and it recognizes that you're good, and you don't really ram into people, you have a little white What if everybody rams into you? How does it know the difference? It knows. It knows whether they touched you, whether they came at you like 100 mile an hour and whammed into you. That wasn't your fault. Mm -hmm. So, they all have like an exclamation point above their car when they're racing. And it goes in scales. There's a white one, means they're perfect racers. They don't challenge anybody. They don't bump into anybody. There's a green one, which means occasionally they'll get into a scuffle. Yeah, but how about if you accidentally bump somebody? It, it I guess if you accidentally somebody, it might judge you. It's got you to. Wrongly. It doesn't know your intentions. Um, I think it understands, like going into the first corner, there's the guy who rams headfirst into everybody. And then going into a first corner, there's the guy who grazes somebody and spins off. Like, I think it understands that. But then there's people with a red exclamation point above the car, and that basically means they hit everybody. Like, don't go near those people. They're going to ram you off the course. And what it does is, if you, when your circle ends up, you know, after several races, you'll become red. It means you don't earn as much money. It means you eventually would probably get fed up of the game and stop doing it, right? Because you wouldn't be able to repair your car anymore. You just have to race. Yeah, so it actually... <laughs> It actually distills it down to what I like about online racing. Racing and being fair about it and winning if you're good at it, right? Because I've played lots of racing games where it's kind of pointless playing them because what all it occurs is you go off the start line, the first corner comes, everybody hits each other, some people go in the grass, some people cars blow so like up. like survival of the fittest. And then two guys go off... For and then you never see them again because they win, right? Because they get get away from all the... So this kind of fixes that, and it's, I think it's a really cool system, and I think other racing games should sort that out too, do the same thing. The other thing is um, PlayStation Plus this month. This is the first month they've changed how PlayStation Plus works. And what happens now is on the first Tuesday of every month, they give you all the games. How it used to be was you got a game every week, a free game every week. Now on the first Tuesday of every month, you get six free games, basically. So this month's games are... There's two PlayStation 4 games, Towerfall Ascension and Strider. 
Strider's really good, by the way. It's a remake of the old Super Nintendo game. On the PS3, you get Dead Space 3. And um, you also get a Vita game called Muramosa Rebirth, which I've actually been excited to play because it's a game called Dragon's Crown that I love on the Vita, and this was the game that came before that that I just never had. And there's a game called Doki Doki Universe, which is a PS4, Vita, and PS3 game. You can have it on all systems if you want. Where's the latest... um... That one. What is that? <laughs> you moving your film forms hands? <laughs> you gotta figure it out. Uh... Oh, Katamari. Yeah, Katamari Damacy. There will probably won't be another one. Oh, so good. There was one on the Vita, and that was the last one. I didn't do that one. I didn't get that one because I don't have a Vita. No. Just because it's in this house doesn't mean I get to play with it. Well, there's... um. <laughs> Yeah, there's six games this month on PS Plus, and they're all available now. I prefer that system um, because it's really weird having to wait week to week to get what you've actually paid for because you're paying for this subscription service. Might as well just give them you all in one day and just say which ones you want to get, which ones don't you want to get. So, uh, and thirdly, I guess got... if you have to go back every week, your service is getting used. Yeah, I guess know? that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, um, thirdly, we've got four new contests up on the site. So, if you want to win. And I've got four movies. The first one is SX Tape from Wellgo USA. It's the Blu-ray version. You can win this. It's a zombie slash... You said we watched a movie called Dead Girl. It could literally be the prequel to that. Right. Even though it isn't. Dead Girl's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting movie, don't get me wrong, but it's a horrible concept. So SX Tape... It actually tape, pissed me off. Um, you can uh, win a copy of that. Uh, you can also win a copy of Rigor Mortis, which See, it's is... Like, it sounded like somebody watched Dead Girl. Yeah. And then thought, how the hell did... How, what, how did she get in that? How did that happen? Ooh, let's make up a whole story that made that... Even though it has no relation to it <laughs> no. whatsoever. We, we were just kind of making that up. Yeah, I'm speculating. Um, a second, the second uh, movie you can win on com is Rigor Mortis, which is... It's like a kung fu zombie movie. From, um. I thought we were over zombies. Apparently not. I mean, I love zombie shit, don't get me wrong. But I'm ready for it to die down so that the, the good stuff can rise to the top. Let again. me give you the synopsis of this one because it's kind of interesting. A washed up actor, desperate and suicidal, moves into a haunted apartment building where supernatural creatures, zombies, ghosts, and souls of the undead walk amongst his neighbors. So you can win a copy of that one, Rigor Mortis. Uh, also from Wellgo USA, you can win a copy of Kid Cannabis. Now, this is based on a true story of... Let me read the synopsis. It's a true story of Nate Norman, an Idaho teen dropout who builds a multi-million dollar marijuana ring by partnering with his best friend and their pals to, to run drugs across the Canadian border. I actually would like to see this one myself. It's pretty. It sounds pretty interesting. So that's... Um, Kid Cannabis, you can win a copy of that. And finally, you can win a copy of The Attorney on DVD. This is a Korean film, I believe. Also from Wellgo USA. Wellgo USA are pretty interesting. They put yeah. out, like, a lot of movies Good collection. from... They put out, you know, something like SX Tapes, an American movie, but they also put out movies from The Host, things like that, you know. Movies that we might never see. Yeah, yeah. Like, are um, we going to watch these movies? Yes. So, The Attorney is... Do I have to try to win it? Yeah, win it. 
<laughs> but I'm exempt. I'm, I'm a mem- family member of the guy in charge. I don't get to even enter the freaking contest. So what it says about the attorney is, uh, you can win a copy of this on DVD. It says, Song has no clients, connections, or a college degree, but his eye for business and appetite for money make him the most successful lawyer in town. By the peak of his success, a local teenager is falsely accused of a crime, then beaten and tortured while waiting in jail. Shocked by these conditions, Song takes to the case that no one else will and changes the course of somebody's life. So, and it's a Korean movie, um, a really well-regarded Korean movie from what I was reading. So you can also win a copy of that. So usually I just say go and broaden win. your horizons, people. Usually I just say go and win something from Ascoli.com. But this week, because we had a few, I wanted to explore them. You want a to little sell bit. them. You want to sell it. You want to sell it. You want to sell it. So what is for dinner, Sid Talk? <laughs> You're reading off of a card. Yes. Uh, what is for dinner tonight? We have leftover rice noodles I'm going to do something with because I really love them. Some vegetables, of course. Some sauce of some kind. <laughs> I haven't really... And people or... might be saying during this point in the podcast, <laughs> why does he ask her what's for dinner and she tells him what's that all about? What well, you've, you've said this before, and I guess it's because if this is your first time, we are vegetarian. And so originally it was like just sort of... The newness of the vegetarianism was, oh my god, you know, we had, or made tofu, never had it before, made a recipe with all these vegetables and this new weird thing we found, and now it's just a habit, I guess. Are you trying to get rid of this segment of the show? No, I'm just, like, people are like, what are you talking about? Is he just asking a what? Oh, so a movie podcast with your description of the weekend games is totally, totally normal, but adding no, food I'm saying people, is weird. Are, people are listening going, why is he asking a what's for dinner? She's telling him, is this the end of the podcast? Are they just going about their daily conversation? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, could you do ask me every single day what's for dinner? Or I ask you what do you want. But that is the origins of it. And now it's just a... If I come across, like the rice noodles, I'd never made them really before. These flat, wide, they're really, good. They're really good. So I made a lot of extra. I have a bunch of vegetables that were on sale. And don't know if there's going to be a protein in there. Oh, you know what? I just thought of something. Okay. 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 I have to have protein. Anyway, <laughs> what is your advice? Um, and you give advice to people at this I do give advice, my, my brilliant advice that, of course, everyone should adhere to, even if I don't always. Um, I observe occasionally someone, we get in a conversation or I hear a conversation, I'm not eavesdropping, it's just in my peripheral hearing circle. Someone discussing, say, their children and that a grown child still has a problem with this thing that I did, whooping their butt or um, making them do this, and they just need to get over it. That's the past. It's over and done with. And sometimes we're talking about things that were actually hurtful. One is, um, you know, a father who would, kind of laughs when he says, well, hell, I wasn't around till kids graduated from high school. Because, I mean, I was working or I just, you know, I had stuff to do. And I just went around and now they're all, you know, his daughter's like annoyed about it. And she has a hard time with that. Well, that's the past. She's just get over it. And I think, you, you <laughs> here's what makes you sound like an asshole sometimes, people. You caused a problem in the past by your behavior. Bad behavior or poor judgment, whatever it was. And it hurt somebody. And now you're telling that somebody, it's a past. Forget about it. Get over it. 
I think that makes you sound like an asshole. We can't all hang on to horrible things in our past. That is just the way it is. But if you're the person who caused the problem and you take zero accountability or... I'm not saying, like, apologize and shit. I'm just saying if if your thing is, just get over it. I just think that that's like a prime assholey move right there. And you know one of my favorite bits of advice is don't be an asshole. True. That makes... It just... It doesn't make any sense. Or like excusing someone else for the bad thing they did by saying, well, the, 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 his kids just need to get over that. Yeah. Right. Well, what if he never resolved the fact that he was being an asshole? How about if he never, ever explained or just honestly said to the kid as an adult anything other than, it's just stupid. You just can't get over it. Well, I just think that makes you an asshole. So, so don't be, don't dwell on shit. I'm not saying that. So there's a middle ground here between dealing with things that have bothered you from your life and hanging on to them like they are a badge of of horribleness that you have to just wait. Like the guy in this movie, he's hanging on to what he perceives as bad parenting. Obviously, mother sounds as bad. Father's gone, and now he wants to make somebody accountable. And while that per and then what is the resolution? It's kind of like that. The person can't do anything about it, but there is a moment of this, and that's almost enough. But there's no like, eh, fuck you, just get over whatever bad things I did to you. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Other than it's a defense mechanism because you can't even explain or you don't want to be sorry or you can't be sorry enough for whatever you've done, but Find the balance, people. Find the balance. Find the balance. You're going to do bad things that hurt people's feelings. I have. We all have. Maybe you haven't or you you don't know about it. I don't know. Or you don't realize that you did. But if someone comes back and you have, then you acknowledge it, apologize if you can, explain it, and then hopefully that's a little tiny band-aid on a severed head, obviously, of emotion. But that's my advice. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> Also, I'm going to remind you about our website, aschoolie.com, sids.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Catch this podcast on aschoolie.com. Just click on the word podcast. Or go to stitcher.com, iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace. There's no Zoom Marketplace. Yeah, I still don't know what they're called. I thought it was Microsoft Music or Xbox Music. But they don't have podcasts. So I don't know where you... Well, Zoom works. The Zoom thing still Zoom works. And it does have podcasts because that's where I get mine. It does. Um, Screw the world. I like my Zoom. True. In fact, Paul Thorot, the guy, Microsoft guy on Twitter this week, said, um, I still have my brown 30 gig Zoom. <laughs> and then he said, welcome to the social, which was what was written on the box, if you remember. Right. That was the hashtag, welcome to the social. It's a long time ago now, and it's yep. a complete failure. It was a failure, wasn't it? No, because we have it. It's lovely. I don't care what I actually, says. When he said that on Twitter, I dug, I've got a 30 gigabyte hard drive one, the really first one, a white one. I dragged it out of my cupboard. I plugged it in, and I was thinking, the battery probably doesn't work, or something doesn't work. It charged right up and worked perfectly, so they are just rock solid, those things. And I give mine to a teenager, I don't know what condition it's in anymore. Mine is really good, and I've used it, I use it occasionally when I'm mowing. Yeah. I, I will listen to a podcast on it, but... Nice. Yeah, I forgot when I plugged it it's in. It's a little hefty. It is a little hefty, but <laughs> when I plugged it in and scrolling through the menu, I was like, oh, it has a radio. How awesome. Yep, it actually yep. has a radio. Which the is one some... I use still... Often. You yeah. give me mine as personalized. You got and like a, a HD one, the thin one, right? Um, mine's the big fat one. Bring the Zoom back. Bring the Zoom back. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see it again. 
It's a cool name, even. Zoom's a pretty cool name. Zoom, zoom, zoom. So email feedback to me at aschoolyacheschoolyacom. Don't email Sid Talks. You don't want to know about your shit. And stay classy, <laughs> Mr. Jason Bateman. Even though you're not that classy in this movie, <laughs> but I'll give you a pass. You're not that classy in real life. And I'm going to say think for yourselves. Because if you're not thinking for yourself, I guarantee you someone is doing it for you. Puppet all string. Puppet all string.